Hi there. Thank you for choosing to listen to this sermon. We pray that God would use this as an added resource to benefit you in conjunction with you belonging to a local church near you. This sermon was preached at Central Baptist Church Pretoria. 130 years of believers loving God, caring for one another and impacting the world. I really do love worshiping God together with all of you. It's amazing how as we sing our spirits are lifted as we praise Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Can you imagine what it is going to be when we are translated into glory and we get to praise him together forever and ever? Friends, we are in 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians is a book in the New Testament. First come the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and then Acts, Romans, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians. We find ourselves in the first chapter, just a couple of verses this morning. Uh, We're going to be looking at from verse 8 to verse 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8 to verse 11. Even as we come to this, the high point of our worship service, the reading of God's word and the the teaching of God's word, it's right that we pray that God will do what we cannot do, and that is renew our minds and stir the affections of our hearts and transform our lives to his praise and glory. So let's come before him in a word of prayer. Father God in heaven, this morning all your people profess that your word is just perfect, that it will stand forever, that Lord God, it is sufficient for all matters of life and for godliness. This morning, Lord God, would you teach us, your people, from your word, would your Holy Spirit indeed renew our minds and stir the affections of our hearts that we would love Jesus all the more. And Father, would you transform our lives that we would be witnesses in this world to you. Salt of the earth. City on a hill whose light cannot be hid. Would you do this, Lord God, for your own glory's sake, we pray. In the wonderful name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, amen. Friends, I I read to you from 2 Corinthians chapter 1, beginning at the 8th verse. Hear the word of God. For we do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, of the affliction we experienced in the province Asia, that we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death. That was to make us rely, not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us. On him, we have set our hope, and he will deliver us again. You also, helping us by prayer so that many will give thanks on our behalf for the blessing granted us through the prayers of many. 
just so far in the reading of God's word. By way of introduction, allow me to read verse 8 and the first part of verse 9 again so that we have it in our minds. For we do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, of the affliction we experienced in the province Asia, that we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death. That was to make us rely. And just keep your finger there. Let me introduce this passage. And then we'll spring off this word rely into the rest of the passage this morning. Friends, life is hard. It seems harder for some of us than for others. But we all live in this fallen world. We may be in different boats, but we are all in the same storm. The war in Ukraine rages on. The rand has tanked. (laughs) I heard of a pastor killed in a car accident yesterday. I heard of another pastor who died of pancreatic cancer yesterday. I can't, and I keep count of all the funerals that we have had as a church this year. I'm still grieving the loss of my own sister. Life is hard. The Apostle Paul experienced the hardship of life. The Apostle Paul experienced the affliction of life. That word, affliction, means pressing. It means pressure. It was first used of squeezing grapes to make wine, but over time the word came to mean affliction. The word came to mean tribulation. The word came to mean distress. Not mild comfort, Great difficulty. And we don't know exactly what distress Paul is referring to here. His emphasis isn't on the the detail of the affliction, but on the emotional toil it took on him, on the intensity of the moment. It seems clear that the Apostle Paul went through a hellish time. The Apostle Paul knew what it was to despair. Despair is so common to our human existence. And so don't be surprised by the many biblical characters who experience moments of crushing despondency. Job lost his wealth. Job lost his children. Job lost his health. He was in deep 
anguish when he spoke these words to God. Why did I not die at birth? Come out from the womb and expire. Another biblical character after confronting the prophets of Baal, Elijah was completely overwhelmed and in chapter 19 of 1 Kings, three times he says these words, it is enough. Oh Lord, take my life. The psalmists Continually, so many times I can't list them all, we'd be here all day. Continually cry out in distress. Answer me when I call, O God of my righteousness. You have given me grief when I was in distress. Be gracious to me and hear my prayer. Or again, Be gracious to me, O Lord, for I am in distress. My eye is wasted from grief, my soul and my body also. On the night in which he was betrayed, Jesus, it is written, was sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, his disciples, my soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch and wait. Despair is so common to human existence. Poor readers here are aware that his affliction was a burden beyond his strength and he despaired of life itself. He felt as if he had received in himself the sentence of death. But this isn't a pity party. Paul is going to answer a very relevant question for us this morning. Who can you rely on when your world is falling apart? Who can you rely on when your world is falling apart? Let me start by saying you cannot rely on yourself. You cannot rely on yourself. That's the first point of this morning's message if you are taking notes. And you can see it in the second half of verse 9. Verse 9 reads, indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death, but that was to make us rely, rely on what? Paul says, not on ourselves, not on ourselves. If this was a Hollywood movie, at this point, Paul would be at his lowest ebb, and now would be the time that he would flip the script. He would prove himself to be a maverick. This was a self-help book. At this point, Paul would rattle off three steps to pick yourself up by your own bootstraps. And if anyone could pick themselves up by their own bootstraps, it is Paul. Paul was 
more committed than other men. Paul was more passionate for the faith than other men. Paul was zealous for sharing and defending the faith. Paul was smart and educated and had a deep understanding of Scripture. Paul was full of courage and faced challenges and opposition steadfastly. Paul was resilient. This man bounced back from beatings and mockings and even stoning. Paul was a remarkable leader with amazing organizational skills. If anyone could pick themselves up by their own bootstraps, it is Paul. But friends, you can't mark this in your Bible because it's not there. Paul doesn't say I believed in myself, it all worked out, and now you go and believe in yourself too. Paul doesn't say, have faith in your abilities. Paul doesn't say, trust in your potential. Paul doesn't say, foster self-belief. Instead, he says, we did not Rely on ourselves. The Bible is filled with cautions to you as you sit here this morning not to rely on yourself. Let me give you some examples. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 5. Do not lean on your own understanding. Proverbs chapter 28 verse 26. Whoever trusts in his mind is a fool. Psalm 108 verse 12. Vain is the salvation of man. Jeremiah chapter 9 verse 23. Thus says the Lord, let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man boast in his might. Let not the rich man boast in his riches. Who can you rely on when your world is falling apart? The first point that Paul would translate to you this morning is do not rely on yourself. New convert, there is application here for you. I don't want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, of the implications of this verse. Firstly, this is very important as you live in this hard, fallen world. Like the Apostle Paul, believers suffer. You will experience trials in life. It is inevitable. We live in a fallen world and hardship and affliction will visit you too. Jesus said, in this world you will have tribulation. And elsewhere, through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God. And so, be watchful. Be prepared. Be ready. Be steadfast. Secondly, implication. Our suffering is not accidental. 
suffering is God's plan for our sanctification. God bringing you to the edge of despair is one way that he uses to purge you of your pride-filled self-reliance. So don't waste moments of hardship, moments of pressure, moments of distress, moments of despondency, even moments of despair. By doubling down and trusting in your own ability to solve life's riddles. In despair, do not rely on yourself. Because who can you rely on when your world is falling apart? You cannot rely on yourself. But you can rely on God. Amen? <laughs> The second half of uh, verse 9 and verse 10. Let's just read it so that we have it near to mind. But on God who raises the dead, (laughs) he delivered us from such a deadly peril and he will deliver us. On him we have set our hope and he will deliver us again. Friends, God is a strong tower, amen? God is a safe harbor. God is a dependable deliverer. Why is God a dependable deliverer from peril? Let me give you three reasons from our text. In actual fact, it's three tenses that we find in our text. Firstly, God is a dependable deliverer Because God is raising the dead in the present. In the moment, Paul felt as if he had received the sentence of death. And in that moment, God delivered him. And so Paul trusts a God who is presently raising from the dead by his Sovereignty, by his omnipotence, by his miraculous works, by his wonder-working power. God is presently making impossible situations possible. God is raising the dead in the present. Secondly, second reason from our text that God is a dependable deliverer from peril. God has delivered you and I and his people many times in the past. That word deliver means to to snatch from danger or an enemy. It means to save. It means to rescue. It means to preserve. In ancient writings, It would describe a soldier going to a wounded comrade on the battlefield and putting him over your back and carrying him to safety, rescuing him. God has delivered Paul the same way that the psalmist says, you have delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling. God has delivered his people over and over again in the past. And so Paul trusts that he will do it again. Third reason from our text, that God is a dependent.
dependable deliverer from peril. God will deliver in the future. Our text says, and he will deliver us. That's future tense. And our text says, he will deliver us again. God will deliver in the future. Paul's hope is set. It's a It's a perfect tense verb where it says we have set our hope. Paul knows that he knows that he knows that God will deliver him. He will not be shaken. He knows that God is a strong deliverer. The Bible is filled with encouragement to trust in God. Let me give you some of them. Jot these down if you need encouragement. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 5, we quoted it earlier. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Proverbs 28, amen. Proverbs 28 verse 25. The one who trusts in the Lord will be enriched. Proverbs 29 verse 25. Whoever trusts in the Lord is safe. 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 20. Believe in the Lord your God and you will be established. Friend, this is a very important question because it's going to be practical to you. If not in the present, then certainly it was in the past and it will be in the future. Who can you rely on when your world is falling apart? Number one, you cannot rely on yourself. Number two, You can rely on God. And number three, and those who help in prayer. And I'll take that from verse 11. You'll notice the conjunction also here, which joins it with what came before. You also, helping us by prayer, so that many will give thanks on your behalf for the blessing granted us through the prayers of many. Paul Believed in the power of prayer. Not some kind of hocus pocus who are power. No, Paul believed in the power of God who hears and answers prayers. And so he asks for prayers in his letters all the time. To the Romans he wrote, I appeal to you brothers, by the Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit to strive together with me in your prayers to God on my behalf that I may be delivered from the unbelievers in Judea and that my service for Jerusalem may be acceptable to the saints so that by God's will I may come to you with joy and be refreshed in your company. To the Thessalonians, Paul wrote, finally, Brothers, pray for us that the word of God may be spread ahead and honored as happened among you that we may be delivered from wicked and evil men for not all have faith. And again to the same church, brothers, pray for us. To the Ephesians, Paul, who believed in the power of prayer, wrote, pray for me that the words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. 
And to the Colossians, Paul said, at the same time, pray for us also, that God may open for us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison. Paul believed in the power of prayer. And there are benefits to you by partnering with others in prayer. When you stand with the believer in the darkest hour of their despair, you get to share in their joy when the sun rises. And Paul says that, yeah. He says, many will give thanks when the blessing is granted through the prayer of many. Who can you rely on when your world is falling apart? Well, you cannot rely on yourself. You can rely on God and those who help in prayer. So, application. First, to all saints. Ask for prayer. Friends, ask for prayer. When you need prayer, ask for prayer. God is not looking for self-reliant Christians, but for spirit-dependent saints. Again, to all the saints. Report back when God answers your prayers. If you've asked for prayer and the hand of God in your life has moved, well then tell the world so that they may offer joyful praise to God along with you. To all the saints, get involved in the corporate prayer ministry at Central. Let me give you three practical ways that you can do that. Number one, join the WhatsApp group um, called Prayer Church Requests. There's a poster as you, as you leave uh, on the left-hand side uh, that says WhatsApp. It's a little QR code. If you don't come right with that, come and speak to myself or one of the elders or anyone who looks like they know what's going on um, and ask them to get you added to the church's WhatsApp community. And add yourself to the Prayer Church Requests so that you can hear when there's people within the context of our local church who need prayer people within the context of our local church who'd like to give praise. Number two, join our Thursday morning Zoom prayer meetings. It is a massive blessing in Liesl and I's life. Now, there's some people that wake up really early. Charles is one of them. He's always dressed and uh, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. The video is always on. In the Penrith home, the video doesn't get turned on until after eight. Um, invariably, we're lying in bed while the prayer meeting is going. But the prayer meeting, the six o'clock prayer meeting on Zoom on a Thursday evening, uh, Thursday morning, has been a great blessing in our lives as we've gotten to know the prayer needs of this church. And even as I look around, many of you have been recipients of the prayer ministry of folk that are on that Zoom prayer meeting. Come and join us and begin intercessory prayer, even as Paul describes in these verses. Number three, join us. 30 minutes before each service on a Sunday. We gather together in the prayer room uh, just as you come in on your left-hand side. Les leads us. Uh, we would love to have you there as we pray for the service, as we pray for the teaching, as we pray for the worship and for the fellowship and for the evangelism to go out. Come and join us as we pray that you can enjoy some of the, the thanks and praise that comes from being part of what God is doing in other people's lives. The question is, who can you go to when your world is falling apart? And my encouragement from this text this morning is don't go to yourself, but to God and to those who can help you in prayer. 
But friends, there are those who are seated here this morning, I have no doubt, who have not yet placed their faith and trust in Jesus Christ as their Lord and their Savior. I want to address you directly this morning. Friends, we've spoken about God being a great deliverer, and he certainly was a great deliverer to Paul in this text. He delivered him from a practical calamity that he found himself in. But you face a far greater calamity right now. You see, you live in a world which is fallen, and you yourself are fallen. I mean, I don't have to convince you that you have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And we read in God's word that the wages of sin is death, and you cannot save yourself. You need a deliverer. This morning I have good news for you. One has came into this world and lived a perfect life that you could never live and then went to a cross and died in your place as a substitute. His righteousness for your unrighteousness. His perfection for your sinful estate. Friend, even this morning, hear me. Jesus Christ is mighty to save. He is the great deliverer. Put your faith and your trust in him and you will live. He died on the cross, but he rose from the grave. He has ascended into heaven, and one day soon he will come to collect his saints to glory. Do not wait until it is too late. Place your faith and your trust in the one who can save today. These things we pray in the wonderful name of Jesus, our Lord and our Savior. Amen. Let's close in a word of prayer. Father, I do thank you for your word. It is so faithful and true. And Lord, acknowledging that all of us have gone through times of affliction, times of trial, times of stress, times of pressure, times of, of difficulty. If not in the past, then certainly in the present and definitely in the future. Oh Lord, would you train our hearts that in our moments of difficulty and despair, we would not place our faith and our confidence in ourselves, but in you, our mighty God. And that even as we pray for one another, we would see your hand moving and we would ascribe ever more increasing praise and glory to your name. These things we pray in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. He is our Lord and our Savior. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon. Find out more about Central Baptist Church at www.central.org.za.